Hello, and welcome to another episode of Endeavor. I'm your host, Jason Breitkopf. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back from a fabulous 4th of July week. We had the week off, and I hope you did too, and enjoyed some fireworks this past week. And if you're uh, a listener from outside the United States, um, you know, glad to have you come back and join us again. Uh, today we're going to have another great episode. It's the second in our series on hacking the SAT. Today's episode will be on building an ideal class syllabus. I'm going to be uh, passing it along to Neil Count, who uh, s- sat down and met with me and interviewed me on uh, my thoughts on building an ideal class syllabus for an SAT program. So, with no further ado, Neil, take it away. All right. Hey, everybody. Thanks for uh, tuning back in. Welcome back to Hack Your Own SAT Program. Um, my name is uh, Neil Count, um, and I've got uh, Mr. Jason Breikoff here. Normally, you're seeing this on the other side where Jason's interviewing people. Today, he's going to be the one that's interviewed. Um, today, we're going to talk about building an ideal class syllabus related to your SAT program. So um, we're going to ask Jason some questions around that. Uh, but first, I want Jason, if you don't mind, kind of giving an introduction about yourself, your background, and your expertise in the space. Not a problem. Happy to do so. So I have been working in uh, supplemental education, test prep, after-school tutoring for about 18 years. Uh, before that, I taught at uh, a community college while I worked in student life there. Uh, I've earned a master's of education and taught middle school math and high school math in uh, California uh, and Massachusetts. And in terms of SAT, ACT, and other test prep, I've been writing curriculum and designing programs for a couple different companies over the last 10, 12 years, uh, including working with Neil. Great, great, excellent. And Jason's actually uh, a very key component of our programs when working with schools. So specifically, um, he not only teaches, but he helps kind of uh, do the design, the structure of our class-based program. So there really is nobody better who can um, kind of advise uh, us as well as you all out there on how to build this program. So that's a lot of expectations I'm giving up, putting on you, but uh, I hope I'm not. I'm sure too much. I'm sure you'll be able to deliver. Um, <laughs> all right, cool. So let's get right to it. So. Sure. A couple things related to the class syllabus, right? So when we think about a class syllabi for an SAT program, you know, immediately you think of kind of just the PDF that's got the checklist and all the mm-hmm. subjects and the lessons and those types of things. Yeah. But before even getting to that, like let's first talk about overall structure with an sure. SAT class. About how many hours is an ideal SAT class? So mm-hmm. and I'm going to ask you to not think about ACT, just right. SAT today. That's fine. Just SAT today. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, so for an SAT class. You know, if you think about it in terms of just the number of hours, it depends on your school and what you're able to accomplish. But in general, between 18 to 24 hours of instruction okay. is best to get through all the material that's on the test and have some time for review and practice yep. so that the students feel as prepared as they can be uh, leading up to a test date. Okay. And then how much for homework would you say? About the same. Okay. Um, so for each hour of class, it could be anywhere from half an hour to an hour and a half worth of homework. Yeah. And depending on how you structure it, if you're doing um, once a week for an hour for 18 weeks you know, through the school year, an hour's worth of homework per week is not that much to ask of a student. It doesn't add right. that much to their homework load. Yep, yep. And, and 
you said, and you brought up something too, leading up to the test date. So yes. let's talk a little bit about that, right? Sure. So when is the ideal time for a student to take a test prep class? Should it be like, as you put it, like it's like, you know, week one through week 10 or 12, like right before the exam, like how, how does that, how does that work? So the first thing you want to think about is when are the students going to take the SAT? Right. Um, according to the college board, as many as 50% of all high school juniors take the SAT in the March test date. Yep. But then that might not be the right test date for your student population. You yep. might want to shoot for the May test date. Got it. So once you pick a test date, then you want to work your way backwards. And depending on how long your classes are, if you're doing it during the day, for example, during the school day, if you have 40 minute classes or 55 minute classes, you want to kind of figure out what is 18 to 24 hours worth of instruction and work your way backwards from there, skipping over uh, spring break or some states have an April and a February break, yeah. uh, skipping over uh, Christmas break and working your way backwards to the fall. Yep, yep. Well, so, but then let's talk about like an ideal scenario, right? Sure. So like putting breaks aside or anything like that, if a school wanted to build like the most ideal class syllabus, right? So the class schedule up until leading kind of like a class date, like assume that they could do it during the day or on the weekend, mm -hmm. in the evening. What do you think is the most effective way to deliver a class-based program? So, it's almost like if you're thinking about Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Yep. You don't want a program that's too short. You don't want a program that's too long. You don't want class sessions that are too short or class sessions that are too long. So, I like to think of it, if you could pull it off, hour blocks. Mm -hmm. And if you could do that over 18 weeks before the test, once a week for 18 weeks, or twice a week for nine weeks, that would be ideal. Okay. I don't know how many schools can do that, yep. but that would be ideal. Okay, and so what about those classes though that you've seen that, you know, because there's a lot of like boot camp style formats out sure. there also, right? So like a student will go during an April vacation for five hours a day or for six hours a day for three or vice versa, right? Like, right. What are your thoughts on that? I have no problem with boot camps. Okay. Boot camps can be effective. Certain students can pull that off, however, you know, as we've seen in schools, a lot of students are on IEPs, 504 plans. Uh, students learn in different ways. So students that um, are not going to be able to sit for yep. hours at a time. And yes, when I do boot camps, there are breaks. Yep. You teach for 45 minutes to an hour. You take a five, ten minute break, and you, and you keep going after that break, and then you have a nice long lunch. Yep. But a lot of students can't handle that. Yep. And so boot camps are fine, but it's got to be for the right population. Yep, yep, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right, cool. And then I guess in terms of like, all right, so we've talked about kind of the ideal prep class, right? Whether it's nine weeks, two hours a week, or 18 weeks, one hour a week leading up to the exam, right? Without, yeah. without kind of a break or a spring break in the middle of it. Right. What would it, what's kind of like the minimum though, right? So like alternatively, some schools really, right. they don't have a ton of flexibility in their schedules, right? So Absolutely. what would you suggest? I mean, what's kind of the minimum, like at least do this for the, for the student who's going to be taking their test for the first time? The shortest comprehensive and effective program I've seen work yep. uh, has been a 12-hour program. Okay. That was once a week for an hour yep. for 12 weeks. Okay. Uh, you can get through all the material. The only issue about that is practice time. Yep. The reason why SAT prep is so different from instruction of academic topics like biology or uh, history or even math and English 
is that it's not about content primarily, it's more about those study skills. Mm -hmm. And most students don't yeah. get study skills instruction other places, so they need the time to practice that. And it's more like a sport or an art when you're preparing for a basketball tournament yeah. or you're preparing for the school play. You d learning your lines is not enough, you have to practice. Yeah. Uh, learning how to shoot a free throw is not enough. You yeah. have to practice with the other players. Yeah. And in the same way, you have to practice with the problems yeah. and practicing study skills that a test prep class teaches. So that's why 12 is the absolute minimum I would Got do. It. Got it. Yeah, repetitions are absolutely key. And then in a couple weeks, we'll be doing a video on practice tests, right? So, you know, some of the nuances around those and why those repetitions are, are really key. Um, okay, so um, in terms of Let's say a school, though, wanted to offer a program during the school day, mm -hmm. right? And I know you and I have personally worked with a number of schools that, you know, do it during the school day. What, what, are you, what can you take away from that? Do you recommend it? Is there some minimums? Are there some lessons that some schools can take around that? There are positives and negatives, in my opinion, to during, doing it during the school day. Yeah. One of the great positives is uh, captive audience. The yeah. students are there. Absolutely. And you can do anything from select the honor students who are really interested to a self-selecting opt-in group of any students who want to opt-in to the entire junior class. Right. And you could do it any way you like, and that's what, that sort of flexibility is what an in-school program does. You can also schedule it uh, during a class period and yep. say, you know what, this is our junior co uh, college counseling class. You know, students have English, history, math, science, a language, and college counseling. Right. And college counseling for late October through the end of February, is the SAT class. Yeah. That's a great way to do it. Uh, and the other benefit to that would be that you could use staff yeah. from the school. Teachers Absolutely. want to do yeah. an extra class, whether they, it's like a coach who, you know, or a theater teacher who does a program after school, they can pick up an extra class or, or, or you know, treat it kind of like that. So there's a lot of flexibility for that. The downside is if your school has really short class periods, That's those what I was gonna ask, yep. 40, 41, 42 minute class periods, right, right. we've been talking about an hour. Yeah. And, and that way we can get through enough material and have some a chance to do a little bit of example and practice yep. with that skill that you're teaching in that SAT class session. Yep. A 40 minute class is a bit tight. So if your school has 50 to 55 minute long classes, it's probably a better fit yeah. than if your class, if your school has 40 to 45 minute long Absolutely. classes. Absolutely. And, and you know, especially too in the schools, right? So the, stu the students get to the class, they need a couple minutes to settle down, and then a couple minutes before the, the you know, kind of the bell mm -hmm. goes off, they're already thinking about their next class, right? So you're really yeah. kind of getting like almost 35 minutes right. in a shorter kind of condensed period, which is, it's difficult. It is. I've experienced it myself. I've taught these programs in schools yep. with partner schools, both here and in other places, sure. and a, a 40 to 45 minute class is not really 40 to 45 minutes of instruction and the teachers at your school are they're going to know that yeah uh, a 50 55 minute class is a better fit because you can allot for that kind of arrival time the student who's already packing up and you're still in the middle of talking about a skill yeah so yep. you can you, you can account for that got it got it and then last question is just more around kind of after school versus like weekend mm -hmm. programs, right? So, you know, again, some schools offer it like right after school mm -hmm. and then some are really doing it like right on the weekends, like Saturday mornings or anything like that. Is there really any difference between doing those or, you know, do you have a sense of like how students kind of come to the class at that point? Right. You, you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Is, is, there, is there pluses or minuses for either of the two? There are. Um, I personally, 
if those are my two options, I would prefer an after-school class. Oh, really? Okay. And the reason why is that you're going to get a, especially if you're doing an opt-in program, yep. you're going to get a higher percentage of students opting in. Okay. They're already there. Yeah. It's like a club or, uh, or a sport or or an extra activity. Yeah. So if your school lets out at 2.15, don't start it at 2.15. Start it at 2.30. Okay. Give them a little yeah, bit of a that's, break. That's, that's what I was going to say because yeah. like, it just seems like students might be just right. They're gonna be a burnt. little bit of a break. Right. right. But again, clubs, the school play, yeah. practice, they give them a bit of a break. Or if you want to give them till 3 to give them some time to do some homework for their other classes, then they can start that class 3 to 4. And, and, and again, the good thing about that is you could do it twice a week now. You could condense the time in terms of months and weeks by having two classes a week and really get through the program in an efficient manner. Uh, you'll have a higher percentage of opt-in, at least in my experience, and it can be a very effective way to do it. Now, you're right. After school, there's exhaustion. There, students can be tired. There can be a bit of crankiness. You know, you might have that student whose parents opt them in, yep. and so they're going to act out a little. Yep. So there's always that. But every high school teacher is familiar with that experience. On the other hand, you have the Saturday morning, the Sunday afternoon sort of class. The benefits to that, in my opinion, would be you could do a three-hour long class on a Saturday morning, 9 to noon, for example, with breaks built in. Please, please put in breaks. Yeah. Um, and that way you can get through the class in a very efficient amount of time. You could do 30 hours of instruction, <clears throat> pardon me, 30 hours of instruction in 10 weeks, which yeah. is shorter than what we've been talking about, and that's extra instruction. That could include a built-in practice test with your schedule. Yeah. So that would be a really good benefit. On the other hand, the downside is, in my experience, my observation is that opt-in is much lower. Got it. You know, it could be half of what after school is or what opt-in for during the school day would be. That's the downside. Yep. Got it. Cool. Um, all right. Well, that's uh, that's it for this video. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or uh, just some thoughts you want to think through related to this, we like I've said, we've gone through this many times. We want to make sure people are, uh, are, are one, we're not reinventing the wheel, and two, we're avoiding as many mistakes as possible. Um, so we're happy to help out as much as we can. So please feel free to leave a comment or question, and uh, we'll get right back to you. Thank you, Neil. That was a really great conversation. I'm glad that we had a chance to talk about uh, how to build uh, a schedule and syllabus for uh, an SAT program at a, a school or with a program that might not have the resources to contract with a large corporation to do that. So this is um, a great way to help a school or nonprofit get started. Uh, those of you listening at home, thank you so much for listening. And uh, there will be a lot more in the Hacking the SAT series. Uh, every uh, week we're going to have a new Hacking the SAT episode uh, through the rest of the summer into the fall. So please keep coming back and listening. Um, some great topics on how to teach different aspects of the program and how to set it up for maximum success. Uh, for everybody who's listening, thank you so much. Please feel free to share the episode uh, out of the podcast episode listening app of your choice. You can like us, star us, uh, recommend us, whatever your app uh, lets you do to tell everybody how good an episode it was. And as always, please remember to subscribe. When you subscribe, you get the episodes right away. They get downloaded to your phone or to iTunes on your computer, and you can listen to us at your convenience. If you have any comments, you can always leave a comment in the iTunes reviews. I check that about once a week. And if you uh, would like you to get a response, you can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at EndeavorPod. 
And if you leave a uh, message there, if you um, leave a tweet, I'll get back to you pretty much right away because I get a notification on my phone when that happens, and it's so cool. So thank you so much. Uh, please keep listening, and as always, let's keep learning. <laughs>